Bibles this evening to Psalm 42. Psalm 42 might seem a strange passage to be turning up in this season, uh, but this season can bring so much joy and can bring so much um, happiness as families gather. But there are those um, who struggle at this time of year. There are those who will miss loved ones. There are those who are going through tough times and maybe this season of joy isn't quite as easy for for all of us. And that's who I have in mind this evening as we turn to Psalm 42. And maybe you're feeling downcast this evening and just want to share with you briefly for a few moments under the title Hope for the Downcast Soul. Um, and if you're feeling down this evening, or if you're maybe finding this time of year difficult, I trust that this little word this evening will be of a help to you. We're going to read uh, just the whole psalm, Psalm 42. And of course we've sang the words of this psalm already. And uh, let's read it together. This is the word of the Lord. As the hart or the deer panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude, I went with them to the house of God, uh, with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why, and why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan, and from the Hermonites, and from the hill Mizar. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me, yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and in the night. His song shall be with me, and my prayer unto God of my life, unto the God of my life. I will say unto God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a sword in my bones, mine enemies reproach me, while they say daily unto me, where is thy God? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Hope for the downcast soul. I want you to see the hopeless situation of the psalmist this evening. I wonder, dear Christian, do you ever find yourself in that place where you're just so cast down? That's using the psalmist's words, where you're so down. And especially at this time of year, it can be highlighted, can't it? Uh, when so many people or the families are gathering and there's joy everywhere and yet in yourself you just feel like you're not part of that room. Maybe you're in the room but you still feel lonely and not part of it. Maybe maybe you see oh so many people and you look around and you think "How? where's their happiness coming from? And maybe you've just lost all your joy. And life becomes too difficult to bear and you just feel like giving up. Even if someone tries to pick you up with their own words, you just want to scream out, my situation is hopeless, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me, you know nothing about my situation. 
I want you to notice the language that the psalmist uses in these opening verses. He mentions all things that are essential to physical life. He talks about panting. That speaks about air in verse 1. In verse 2, he speaks about thirsting. That reminds us of water, an essential thing. We need air, we need water. In verse 3, he talks about my meat, my food. He speaks about food. And then in verse 4, he speaks about uh, being in God's sanctuary. And surely God is necessary in our lives. And life to him, the psalmist, in these times as he calls out to God, it just feels so meaningless. Maybe that's where you find yourself this evening. Maybe you're just looking out and even this Christmas season, life just feels hopeless and meaningless and you look to a new year and you look to 2023 and you can't see things getting any better and here we come to a psalmist who had met that point this is where the psalmist is you see what makes this psalm so beautiful and so crucial to us this evening is that the psalmist is not thirsting for relief from his threatening circumstances He's not thirsting for escape from his enemies or their destruction. And while it's not wrong to want relief and pray for it, more importantly than any of that, this psalmist is craving for God himself in his hopeless situation. When we consider the psalmist's thoughts of God, this should be the same for us. We come to worship God. We want to see God in our lives. We want to be in the presence of God and be satisfied in admiring and exalting our God. We see in verse 3, those who are around the psalmist are taunting him. And they're saying, where is your God? You're saying, look at you. Look at you, you're cast down. Look at you. Your face tells the story, you're cast down. Where's your God? Where is he? wonder if you ever got to the point where you've asked yourself the question, where is God? What is God doing in my life? Why is he so silent? I'm crying out to him. Why is God not moving? Maybe you've even reached that point in the week that's gone by. Your situation seems to be without hope and you feel like you just can't face much more. You just feel down. You're in a downward spiral and there doesn't seem to be like any way out. And you're asking, where is the Lord? When will he intervene? Where is God? Where is God in the midst of my pain? Where is God in the midst of my heartache? Where is God in the midst of my mental stress? Where is God in the midst of my illness? Where is God in the midst of this broken relationship? Where is God now? Where is God when my spouse dies? Where's God when that child that I loved was taken away? Where's God when my business fails? Where's God when my roof seems to cave in? Where is he? And you know something that I love about the Psalms is that we find complete honesty in the Psalms. The psalmist quite often completely exposes their soul and their struggles. And this evening we come across a psalmist who was clearly depressed. There's a struggle going on in their soul. And they feel their situation is just hopeless. Maybe you're asking yourself, where is God? Why are these things happening to me? wonder if you ever asked that question in the depths of your despair. Where is God? Our psalmist did. And we know that he appears hopeless and his enemies sense it and they point it out. 
Because they are saying to him in verse 3, they continually say unto me, where is God? Where is God? And the psalmist, he hears so much and he started to think to himself and he begins to say, yeah, where is God? And you know, when you start to ask that question and become down, your countenance shows it. Your face shows it, doesn't it? When you're asking the question, where is God? Our body language shows it. It just shows in our whole appear, physical appearance. The only way anyone would know that we're down without us saying is by looking at our body language. And it's clear that the, the psalmist, his body language is showing it's in his countenance. I wonder when people look at you, what do they say in these days? I remember years ago, I was sitting in the meeting in Iron Hall Bible study, just a young fella. And uh, an older brother in the Lord turned around to me and I'd been feeling particularly down that day. I don't know what it was, but my face must have shown up. And he turned around to me and he nudged me. And this guy, if you knew him, he was an ex-policeman and he, he had um, been in a terrible car crash and he had this arm, that he a, a fake arm, and he just got his arm and he whacked me with it, so he did. And he said, would you just cheer up? And he said what Corey Tenboom said many years before. He says, Peter, he says, if you look to the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. And he says, if you look at God, you'll be at rest. And I remember him saying that. And I remember thinking to myself, well, you're right. You're right. But sometimes it's so easy to listen to those words and not let them out, isn't it? Sometimes you look to God and you just feel, well, I'm not at rest. But my encouragement this evening is to trust in God and look at the past victories he's had in your life. And trust him in what he's doing this evening. You know, the psalmist says, when he really looks to God, in this psalm he says, he's the health of my countenance. When he looks to God, health of my countenance, his countenance was showing it. But when the psalmist really thought about it, he says, well, when I think about the Lord, He's the health of my countenance. He changes the way I look. He changes my outlook for the future. There was an old lady who was seriously ill. And a friend said to her, why are you so calm and peaceful? And she answered, when I was young, my pastor told me that he slept well each night because he rested his head on three pillows. The first pillow is God loves me. The second pillow is God is powerful. And the third pillow was God knows what he's doing. And those have been, the lady said, my three pillows ever since. And they still are. And that's why I'm so calm and peaceful. Just last night I was listening to UCB radio for a couple of minutes. There was a quote on it and I thought it was great. And it was, uh, the lady read it and she was quoting a missionary and I didn't quite catch the missionary's name. But this is what the missionary said. They said, each night when I'm going to bed, I cast all my cares over to the Lord and fall asleep because he's going to be up all night anyway. I thought that was a great quote when I heard it. And I wish, I wish I'd heard who it was that said it. But I thought it was a great quote. We can worry and concern, but the Lord is concerned about you. When I look to God, I lose the drawn and troubled and perplexed introspective appearance and I begin to look composed and balanced and bright 
Oh, the psalmist's countenance was down and the people saw it there in verse 3 and they were saying, where is your God? But also there were tears. There were tears. This depressed psalmist is crying. He says, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God. He remembers the times when he went to the house of God. And in verse 3, he's saying, my tears have been my meat day and night. He remembers good times in verse 4, but he says, I pour out my soul from in me. Verse 3, he says, my tears have been my meat day and night. He cries day in and day out, and he doesn't know where to look. I just wonder, have you ever been at the point where you're constantly on the verge of tears? And literally anything can set you off. Bang your head in the cupboard door and you're off. And this is the point that our psalmist had reached, if anything happened. Anything slightly raw, they were on edge, their nerves gone. My tears have been my meat, my food day and night. He's weeping and he's tearful. Everything seems to be on top of him. He can't control his feelings. His depression is so acute that it's affecting his very appetite. I just I wonder, maybe there's someone here tonight, I don't know. Maybe you're familiar with this. Maybe you know this feeling. I wonder, can you see the picture that the psalmist is painting here? Maybe you're able to identify with it. But the psalmist also reminds us that there's a source of hope. There's a source of hope. The psalmist longed for God. As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God. For the living God, when shall I come and appear before God? The psalmist longed for God. He was longing for God. That that deer, I wonder, can you see it? Can can you see the picture? The the bones are sticking out all over it. Its skin and fur are parched as it walks in the desert. Its eyesight is weakened. Its tongue is hanging out. It's looking for refreshment and freshness. It's longing for water and it pants out after the water. It's desperate for the water. And water, it's essential to all life and the deer is panting for it. And it's the perfect metaphor of how our souls should be longing for the water of the word of God. When you're down in that depressed state, long for the word of God because it applies to every life situation. That's what it's here for. It's there to be read and to be applied to your very life. And in all the mess and in all his crisis and all his anguish and all his pain, all the psalmist wants to do, he longs after God as the deer pants for the water, so panteth my soul after thee. You know, it's amazing to consider that the deer won't stop and drink unless it knows it's perfectly safe. I think that's an amazing thought. And for us in the middle of life's trials, it's always good to stop and drink. From the well that never runs dry, knowing that we're perfectly safe when we do that. We're perfectly safe in the Lord's hands. That deer, if it sensed any danger, would never bow its head to take a drink. But once it knew it was safe, it took the drink. See, in the middle of your distress this evening, whether it's tonight Or whether it comes in the year 2023 or even before 2022 finishes. If distress comes, let me tell you, you can always stop and drink from the water of life. You can always stop and come to the word of God and let it wash over you. 
The psalmist longed for God. The psalmist's hope was in God. You see, when we're down, we often look to ourselves to pick ourselves up, to give ourselves hope. But in verse 5, we hear his little refrain, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And he doesn't say hope in yourself. He says this, Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of my countenance. You know, of his countenance. What lessons we can learn from the psalmist longing for God. He can't find his satisfaction in nature as he looks around him. He sees the deer. He can't find his satisfaction in his memories. He remembers the good times in verse 4 when they would have went to the temple to worship God. He can't find his satisfaction there. This psalmist, this psalmist, he can't get to the temple in these days. He's been taken away. He can't get there. And he remembers those good times, but he's no longer able and he can't even turn from his, his, his uh, sorrows with his tears. He can cry and cry, but it's not doing anything for him. Feeling sorry for himself isn't doing anything either. And where can his hope be found? Well, he says, hope thou in God. So in a shattered state, his prayers unanswered, his enemies vocal all around him, his feelings and emotions, emotions more than he can handle. He turns to God. I wonder, is this a description of someone going through a tough week? I wonder, has it been a tough week with the children? Bad news from the hospital. Worried about a family member's health, a friend's health. Listen to what the psalmist does in his hopeless situation. He hopes in God. When Sir Harry Lauder lost his only son, he was killed and his son was killed in World War I. And Sir Harry Lauder turned to his best friend and he said this, and I quote, when a man comes to a thing like this, there are three ways out of it. There's drink, there's despair, and there's God. By grace, he said, it's the last one for me. God is still holding me. And he has promised, I may not see him now, but I know he will carry me through. Oh joy, that seekest me through pain. I cannot close my heart to thee. I trace the rainbow through the rain and feel the promise is not thee in that morn shall tearless be. You know, the Lord has said, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Here was a psalmist who was hoping in God. A psalmist whose help came from the Lord. You know, another psalmist was able, in another psalm, we read the words, When my heart is overwhelmed, leave me to the rock that is higher than I. I'll finish with this little illustration. Charles Haddon Spurgeon was often in the pits, feeling downcast, and in his latter years of his life, his office bearers sent him for months at a time to the French Riviera to escape from the pressures and problems that complicated his life. And during much of the time there, Spurgeon was physically and emotionally in despair. And he wrote a letter to his church after being gone for several months. And part of it went like this. It said, the furnace still glows around me. Since I last preached to you, I have been brought very low. My flesh has been tortured with pain and my spirit has been prostrate with depression. Nights of weeping and days of watching have been mine. 
But I hope the cloud is passing. There are dungeons beneath the castle of despair. And Spurgeon, he often found himself in those dungeons. But even though these even though these pits of depression, he called them pits, he was able to say this. I have learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. Dear brothers and sisters, tonight I don't know what you go through. I don't know what storms are going on in your life just now. But let me say this. Keep relying on him. He'll carry you through. I enjoyed many years at CEF camps and conferences. And there's a song we used to sing. In fact, I remember it was this time of year that I remember learning this song for the first time. It was at New Year's camp years ago in Seaview. And these are the words that we were taught. You might know this already, this hymn. But it said, My troubled soul, why so I die? You were not made to bear this heavy load. Cast all your burdens upon the Lord. Jesus cares. He cares for you. My anxious heart, why so upset? When trials come, how you so easily forget to cast your burdens upon the Lord. Jesus cares. He cares for you. Dear brothers and sisters, Jesus cares. And while this is largely a happy time of year and joyful time of year, I am very aware that sometimes for those who are going through the struggles, that it can highlight it for you. That can be so difficult. But let me remind you that the Lord's with you and he cares. Get down on your knees. And tell him all about it. Talk to him. Rest in him. Cast all your care upon him. For he careth for you. Let me pray. And then we'll come to a time of prayer together. Our God and our Father, we bow humbly again in your holy presence. And Father, we realize that there will be those who this message will have resonated with. And Father, there are those who do go through difficult days. And Father, I pray that you'll especially be with them this Christmas time. Your word tells us of a peace that passes all understanding. And Father, we pray that indeed each, whether here this evening or not, or not, that each in our fellowship will experience that peace that only the Lord can bring in the troubles of this life. Father, we haven't been promised an easy road in this life, but we are promised that you'll always be with us. And Father, we pray that you'll help each of us to rely on you no matter what trials lie ahead. No matter what the storm is today or the storm that is yet to come. Father, help us to take hope from this psalmist. Father, we thank you that this psalmist placed their hope in God. Even when they were dying. Even when all around them seemed to be going wrong. Father, we thank you that we find this wonderful example. Help us to do the same, O oh God. We can't do it by ourselves. So Father, help us to rely on you in all things. Father, even when we're on the mountaintop, 
help us to rejoice and not forget to turn back and praise our wonderful God. Father, be with us now as we come to this time of prayer. We pray for your help. And Father, we pray this in the precious name of our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.